Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. This episode of Q&A is going to be another one of the FAQ episodes. Uh, I'm here with Kim Swanson, the producer. Good morning, uh, Brian. Good morning, Kim. What do we have today for the FAQ? Today, it's going to be all things AASHTO accreditation directory. We have a few FAQs listed on our website about the directory in specific, and I know we get questions all the time about it. So I just thought it would be a good catch-all episode to kind of knock some of those out. All right. When somebody goes to the AASHTO accreditation directory, what information is available for people to see there? Let's just first start with that. Okay, well, you, you've got the laboratory name and location. You have the list of standards that they're accredited for. Uh, you've got contact information for that laboratory, usually a link to their website, uh, the contact that you can reach out to. That's another, re I, I harp on this with the laboratory sometimes about how it's really critical to keep your contacts updated. That's especially one of those cases because if somebody's trying to hire you and you have a contact where you know, you might have an email address on the website or an outdated uh, URL for your website. That could be a problem because then they can't reach out to you and then they just move on to the next one. And you may not even know that they were interested in you in the first place. So you could be losing work that way. Uh, so it's really critical to keep that stuff up to date. And, and I also want to say the, the question that usually comes up is how, how up to date is that directory? And it updates every hour. So if we process a file to grant accreditation at the top of the hour, that laboratory directory will be updated with the information. So it doesn't take a lot of time for it to be up to date. So if, you, if you're wondering what's going on, let's say you're a specifying agency, you're looking at a bid and you, you've selected your laboratory and you go and you see that they're not on, wait an hour and then check again. And if they're still not there, you know they're not accredited. Um. Who is generally looking at the AASHTO accreditation directory? Who uses that the most? Well, you've got any specifier. So if you have a, an agency, let's say a county or a state DOT or some other company, because some companies require AASHTO accredited laboratories, uh, it could even be a, a bigger laboratory looking for a subcontractor. So it could be a lot of different uh, agencies, entities out there looking for that information. Uh, but they're, they're generally looking for specific test methods uh, that somebody can perform and is AASHTO accredited to perform so that they can meet requirements. For example, the, the FAA, they have requirements for specific test methods and quality management system standards that they need to identify. So their district engineers or People uh, approving contracts may be in there monitoring or, or watching the accreditation directory to see that those standards are included in the accreditation directory listings for those laboratories. And then how do laboratories that are on the directory, how do they use that or how can they best use the directory to their advantage? They can promote the accreditation by linking to the directory listing for their laboratory uh, that's something, anytime we run into situations where we see that a uh, laboratory's website is not 
promoting the accreditation the best way. They might say AMRL accredited or CCRL certified or something like that that doesn't actually uh, reflect the AASHTO accreditation properly. We usually suggest that they just include a link to the directory listing so that if anybody wants to see, they can jump right to it. And they worked really hard to get the accreditation and they work hard to maintain it. They should promote it the best way possible. Now, there are ways you can go wrong uh, with promoting your accreditation. And we actually have a policy and guidance document on our website that people can refer to that kind of gives you some of the pitfalls. You know, it tells you what to do, but it also tells you what not to do. Yeah, I think I know um, I've had some communication with laboratories about this and publicizing their accreditation and things like that as well, where it is it's the language is very specific, where it's it's not, as you said, like CCRL certified. That's not a that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's AASHTO accreditation. So I think it's important for laboratories and specifying agencies to know the difference of that, that it's not a certification. It's not something that the laboratory site specific is accredited. So yeah, I think that's kind of important distinction that people that maybe don't know the ins and outs as they're promoting it can fall into those traps of like, oh, it's the same thing. It's, it's those words are interchangeable, but they're not. So that's really an important point. And I, I would encourage um, anyone that questions to refer to that policy and guidance document because it does really explain everything you need to know for there. Yeah, you're right. And, and it also, uh, another finer point of that is just because your laboratory is AASHTO accredited, it, it's really specific to those standards, right? So if you have other services that you provide, it doesn't automatically mean that you're AASHTO accredited for those. Like a lot of the uh, commercial uh, construction materials testing and inspection laboratories and agencies, the inspection may be one of their primary business activities, but we don't accredit for special inspections so that is not you know we're not we're not accrediting laboratory or uh, inspection bodies for welding inspection for example but that's a big activity that they get engaged in so just because you're accredited for the laboratory testing doesn't mean that you're accredited for weld inspection so that it's really critical that you don't make any uh, inadvertent false claims about those other activities being covered by your accreditation because they're not that, that's that's a point of confusion that comes up a lot in in some of the larger metropolitan areas. Yeah, and again, it's, it's laboratory accreditation is very specific, and so if you're not really um, well versed in it, it can be really confusing. And I think everyone has the best of intention to represent themselves the correct way. It's just it's it is a confusing topic. So if you're saying that you're accredited and you have a question, reach out to us because we'll be happy to answer that for you. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, most of the time people have good intentions. Sometimes they don't. It's always uh, it's always good to consider, you know, think positively at first, but yes. it's not always the case. Yes. No, I, I like to be optimistic and assume everyone has the best of intentions <laughs> until I'm proven otherwise. But yes, right. perhaps that's just the rose colored glasses that I try to maintain. <laughs> not hey, quite as cynical yet. <laughs> yeah, not quite as cynical on most of that stuff yet. <laughs> so if one questions I know we get a lot from project owners is that they hired a laboratory to work on a project because they were AASHTO accredited, but they can't find them on our directory. So why, what are some reasons that that would happen? Well, that is a loaded question because <laughs> it, it's not, <laughs> it's not the answer that they're going to want to hear. 
Okay. But if somebody said that they're accredited and they're not showing up on the directory, chances are they're not actually accredited. Uh, so that that is a concern, but it may not be as nefarious as it looks. That's the one mm -hmm. thing I would say. So don't immediately go to the worst place possible that they're falsifying intentionally. Uh, some people do. We've caught people falsifying their accreditation or saying that they're accredited when they're not even customers of ours. That's not something that we can easily look for online or scour all of the applications that have been made for all of the projects that exist to figure out if people are claiming to be accredited when they're not. But we have had people, uh, agencies reach out to us, ask us about it. Uh, and we've had other laboratories look into it that are accredited and are competing for jobs with laboratories that are not accredited. And they, sometimes they reach out to us and let us know that it's going on. And we have a process for that. What we do is we reach out to those companies that claim to be accredited and we say, oh, you know, we understand that you've been claiming to be ASHTO accredited when you're not, uh, you know, please stop doing that. Uh, if they if they have a website that indicates that they're ASHTO accredited, we ask them to update that and we check back in to make sure that they've taken action. Now, if they have taken action, that's great. That's pretty much it. That's all we want out of them. If they haven't, we have a false claims directory on our website where we list the company that has been falsely claiming to be accredited. So I would say to those agencies, when they're looking for the accredited laboratory and they don't see them, they may want to check the false claims page and see if that laboratory is listed. Okay, so that's the worst situation that you could run into. Now, the best situation that you could run into is that they are going through the process and they just don't understand what it means to be accredited when they are actually accredited. So maybe they applied, uh, maybe they had their assessment, their marketing people may not understand or whoever submits to contracts or bids may not understand what it means. So there may be a miscommunication there and they're going through the process, but they're not yet accredited. Another thing that happens is laboratories they misunderstand the the breadth of the accreditation so mm -hmm. when a laboratory gets their ashto accreditation that accreditation is site specific so let's say that your laboratory is in philadelphia let's say that you're in the city of philadelphia and you've gotten your laboratory accredited uh, that does not mean that your laboratory in uh, New Jersey is also accredited because your laboratory in Philadelphia is or uh, in Maryland or another uh, outskirt of Philadelphia. It just means that that laboratory that has been assessed uh, is taking care of their corrective actions and meets all the requirements is the one that's ASHTO accredited and the location is on the directory and it doesn't extend to mobile labs. It doesn't extend to project labs just extends to the laboratory testing that originates from that site. That's a lot of information. It's and a I, lot. So if project owners and specifiers are the ones really using the accreditation directory to kind of find, find laboratories, I know we have tools on our website that make that a little bit easier. So do you want to explain a little bit about those? I think we could go into a whole episode about that, but I just wanted to mention some of the specifier tools we have on our website that kind of make that, makes that easier yeah our, our specifier tools are great number one they're free so that's that's the biggest thing 
but but what what it allows you to do is let's say you're a specifying agency like a, a building department or something like that you can monitor the accreditation changes of any laboratory in our system uh, just by registering with the specifier tools so you can get notified if they lose accreditation get a suspension something like that uh, if you we have that's the, sort of the base tier uh, and we have a second tier it's a private uh, access function and it requires the approval of the laboratory that you're monitoring for this next level that's still free but it's a little bit more work up front to get the agreement from the laboratory to monitor them but it allows you to get notified if they get low ratings on proficiency samples uh, it allows you to get notified when they're issued a new assessment report uh, and you still get those notifications about when there are changes to the directory uh, and you get notified about when they resolve all the findings or nonconformities in their report, their assessment report. So that there, there's some pretty nice functionality there. And I think that's something we're going to look to expand upon in the next few years because it has been a great tool. And I'll tell you one of the probably most popular uses that came out of that, and it's not necessarily what we intended at first, but it's a great tool if you have a corporate quality manager that is in charge of overseeing uh, many laboratories. So even though they're not hiring these laboratories, they're in charge of overseeing the accreditation and making sure that the quality is maintained at all of the laboratories in their system. So they set themselves up as a specifier and they receive notifications too. Uh, that keeps them on top of anything that might go wrong, including the low ratings on proficiency samples, and they can make sure that the corrective actions are getting submitted on time because they know when the reports are being issued. So that's a really popular use. And it's even if you have a few laboratories in your system, I'd recommend people sign up for that specifier functionality so that they can kind of keep an eye on all of those laboratories. And as we wrap up today, I, I don't even think we mentioned this, but you can search um, the directory by scope, by laboratory name, but also by location. And so you can get a map of things as well. Does there want to highlight any other features of the directory? Yeah, that map search is really nice. And that's something that we wanted for a long time, but it was kind of hard to, to put together. But we had somebody on staff who was pretty good at, at those kind of activities and was able to help us out. So we've got a way to search on a map too, so that if you're, this is especially great for people in river cities or <laughs> anywhere where you've got a metropolitan area that spans a few states, uh, you can look at the map and see laboratories in your region that are not tied to your state. And you can search by scope of testing, like concrete or aggregate, whatever kind of testing you're looking for, individual standards. So you can narrow down the map to those specific standards, and that's really helpful too. And from the map, you can expand the accreditation listing or look at their certificate of accreditation. That, that's another change that's been made over the last couple of years that's been pretty positive is anybody can access the certificate of accreditation for any laboratory. And on that certificate, it's a multi-page document that lists all the standards, including the names of the tests. Uh, and that's really handy. I think that you'll see in the future that we're going to be expanding the way we list the standards on our directory to begin with to include those test names because sometimes people don't know what the standards are you know the designations t whatever or d whatever is uh, but they know uh, the name of the test that they're looking for so let's say i want you know concrete strength how do i find that so 
they'll be able to more easily find that information. Is there anything else that I didn't ask or any other FAQs that you get? The, the, the biggest questions I get about the directory is, uh, you know, if I don't see some something on it, where is it? Is it, Does that mean it's updated because this person's telling me that they're accredited when they're not? Uh, the, <laughs> I think those are, are probably more common uh, questions that I get. And, and the, the, the biggest misconception out there is how far the accreditation extends. Mm. And we tell people that. So I, I, I sometimes wonder when I get those questions because I know we make it really clear to people why, why is that out there. Uh, but I do know that sometimes the sales and marketing people are not the people we ever deal with or talk to. So you really have to wrangle those salespeople in and marketing people and make sure that they understand what's going on, what they're saying. Because if you have a specifier that thinks that you are not trustworthy, that's going to be a problem for you. So you, you want to get that right in the first place. Those first impressions are really important. Very good point. And so I think a point that we maybe didn't make, but should, that ASHTO accreditation for laboratories doesn't expire. That's a really good point. I should have thought about that one because we, we get that question sometimes because some of the standards require uh, some sort of expiration. But the way our system works is your accreditation doesn't really expire unless you are your accreditation is revoked or you voluntarily withdraw the accreditation. Now, we do reestablish uh, every year. We have an annual review for the accredited laboratories, and that kind of reestablishes their accreditation. But it doesn't necessarily expire because even when they're late on the form, uh, they may get a suspension of their accreditation for not getting that information in to us on time, but they can get it reinstated. So it, it, it doesn't really expire necessarily. Because the proficiency samples come out every year and then the assessment or inspections are about every two years, it is really an ongoing process. It's not like you're done with it and then don't have to think about it. So the way Ashto really looks at this is it is a continual improvement thing. It is an ongoing process where it's not, I did it once and now I don't have to think about it again. So I think having an expiration date would maybe set the wrong precedent for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. I think that's it. I don't, I don't, I, I think we've exhausted this topic. Uh, there, there, if you still have questions that went unanswered, reach out to me uh, directly. You can call me at 240-575-8651 or send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org. That's who you want to reach out to if you have any ideas about future episodes or questions about past ones that you've listened to. And for other related news and content, check out Ashtore Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>